0: Outside the box set, it's the internet's only outrage machine. I'm Nathan Hunt, and with me, as always, is my uh, special host, Cameron Dewey. Cameron, introduce yourself.
1: Shhh. It's me, Cameron. <laughs> here I am again.
0: As you'll hear from the dulcet tones that you normally hear every week, uh, Cameron is here with us, and they're not in Hawaii on vacation, and uh, everything's normal. Just another day. <laughs> It's uncanny, your Cameron. Impression, uncanny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I had this idea, this thought that while well, Cameron was away, we didn't, we were gonna have a, a blank week, and I was like, this this won't do. The not fan base will revolt. No, they'll, they'll revolt. We'll get canceled, mm-hmm. uh, and then people will cancel their pledges, and that's even worse. Um, so I was like, what about my old pal Dustin, Hello. the long lost original intended third host of the podcast. This is mine. This <laughs> podcast is mine. Yes. By by divine right, this is your podcast. <laughs> Take care of it. <laughs> and he comes to claim his own. And here I am. Second appearance on the show. Yeah. Yeah. You came on for A year and uh, a half ago about. Yeah. When we revisited My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. When they did a release of, like, a compilation of some EPs or something. Mm. something like I barely
2: that. remember the actual content,
0: but I do yeah. talking about oh the deal. band. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't very memorable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so instead, today, I was like, you know, Dustin and I have been huge fans of this band for many years that I think would be interesting to talk about. They're called the Shags.
2: So in my mind, this is... This is a band that I heard from you yep. About yeah. You introduced them to me I think Was this like one of I don't know I thought that it was maybe One of the first even Like conversations Or at least the first year Really? I thought it could have been In the library Back in our No,
1: really? Yeah Oh man well, We I...
2: met in the library y'all. We met in the library It was real meat cute <laughs> Have you told... You probably haven't told I probably haven't told the story. How we actually met the original... uh, Yeah,
0: I I barely knew Dustin. I had exchanged maybe one word with him. And then I was like, this seems like a person that I should start pranking. Uh, And so I just started... uh, I was working in the back with the Interlibrary Loan. And I just started um, ordering books in his name through the Interlibrary Loan system. Like Our Bodies, Ourselves what to do when you're expecting the Kama Sutra and Kama know, Sutra. <laughs> <laughs> How to handle your heavy period. Uh-huh. Just all kinds of stuff. And they would just like show up on the whole shelf and Dustin would get a, an email saying that you got this book to pick up. Well there's an
2: environment where that that wasn't necessarily an uncommon thing to happen. Between friends,
0: <laughs> yeah, Frankie. You know? yeah. between um, friends, and also between people who don't know each other at all and haven't spoken. Well, I think each it was <laughs> the person I knew the least in the whole, you know, <laughs> yeah, the the whole, whole library. library.
2: And so I remember going around and you just surreptitiously <laughs> asking every person, like, "Come on, you didn't do this, did you?" And <laughs> like, "No, like I actually did not." And eventually, I like narrowed it down. I was like, "Nathan, this is—is is it what's that guy's name that, again? Yeah, yeah, Who is was that?
0: <laughs> Had to be him." So. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, so The rest is history The rest is our story Um, For some reason that made some certain sense to me uh, At the time Uh, Yeah, so Early on, I God, I don't know how I got in Like, I I had heard of this band They're a little bit like Somewhat legendary among Like I don't know, like music Connoisseurs or like I don't know Critics or Like Uh You know People who Who Base part of their identity On Knowing Things about like Pop music Or rock music Or whatever Mm -hmm. Like Like my uncle Uh Who Is like a huge Kiss And Rush fan And And Knows tons of like Trivia and stuff Like He knows that He knows that the Shags exist Right Um So they're, they're like Somewhat well known in that way But Not really a household name Yeah Um But uh, I think I really, like, got aware of them when uh, the band Deerhoof covered one of their songs on, like, a a tribute album to them. And uh, Dustin and I, we've been fans of Deerhoof for a while now. We've seen them live a number of times. And there's a certain similarity in the, like, chaotic, uh, experimenting with noise... um, freeform sort of stripped down song structures and uh unschooled singing well yeah and i'll put it this way if you know if you're
2: people familiar with Deerhoof, my first experience with them was that they were just you know very difficult to follow extremely unusual unrefined you know sound quality all these things that um made them so interesting to listen to but then I feel like the shags is like a whole layer beyond that of
0: <laughs> a similar kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll play a little sound sample of Deerhoof's version of My Pal Foot.
3: My pal's name is Foot Foot, Foot Foot. He always likes to roam. My pal's name is Foot Foot, Foot Foot. I never find him home. I go to his house, knock at his door. People come out and say, Foot Foot, don't live here no more. My pal. So
0: they definitely make it even more weird and bonkers And strip down their version Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I was like, alright, well maybe I'll listen to the Shags And uh, I came across uh, Well, My Pal Foot Foot, I think, is their most famous song Um, And I came across this other song called You're Something Special to Me Which I saw on like a YouTube video and uh became something of a running joke Between Dustin and I you something
3: special to me Two, three, four The world is big You're not so grand I just say you're quite the man Oh You're something special to me Two, three, four When I hear your voice I know
0: time they, they go two three four we always we're always trying to figure out if it's one of the times where they say hut two three four uh, afterwards it's like the third or fourth time yeah it's, it's different randomly but it's really funny <laughs> yeah also there's a, there's a choice moment a little bit later on where um, she says i think you're the greatest guy i've ever seen mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the most uh <laughs> rare contractions yeah <laughs> The contraction of Guy and Ive, <laughs> which I feel must be spelled G-U-Y apostrophe V-E. I think so. <laughs> You're the greatest Guy I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, so that became something of a running joke. Um, yeah, but from from there, I haven't really thought about them much in years. Um, they're mostly like an oddity or a novelty act. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so today we listen to their entire album. Mm-hmm. Their only studio album, "Philosophy of the World." They have a second CD called "Shag's Own Thing," which is a compilation of other material and whatnot. Uh, but this is their only studio album from 1969. Well, it says on Spotify that it was 2016, I believe. So <laughs> oh, I right. Be Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh no, I got it so wrong. How could I get it so wrong? <laughs> oh my God, my pal Footfoot has 500,000 plays. <gasps> "Philosophy of the World" has almost a million. Oh my God! Wow. That's one of the most bonkers songs, too. Uh, yeah. So, what's your experience with this artist? What
2: did you think? Well, I mean, it's interesting. So, for in preparation for this podcast, some of these songs I'd heard here and there, but I just wanted to listen to the whole thing through, and I was kind of falling asleep and listening to it, and um, what, yeah, it's 12 songs, what, 31 minutes, I mm-hmm. think. So, Yeah. <laughs> pretty unusual. Um, kind of punky, I guess, as mm-hmm. it reminds me of more... Um, that style of, of song length and, uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes you quite, I feel like the more you listen to it, the more it makes you question what is music. <laughs> it really does. Like it pulls you That's back into that it. place. And, and, um, if you, if you listen to it, if you try to listen to it unironically, I guess, or like, I mean, there's, there's kind of humor throughout in a way, both, Injected by the, the lyrics of it a little bit And just the whole kind of situation Of how this album came to be But if you try to just listen to it as Sincere music It's super interesting And mm-hmm. I, I find like um, You don't know It, it just it, it leaves you at a loss for words I guess is what I'm proving <laughs> yes. here Is that it makes it difficult to find a way to talk about
0: it Yeah um, There are a lot of sort of foundational Concepts or principles of pop music that it does not adhere to at all one of them is having a drummer who's playing the same song as everyone
1: else <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i mean just the, the expect
2: everything you come to expect with music um this is just kind of the opposite along with mm-hmm. but not not completely actually that's not fair to say because i think it does um diminish kind of what it is if you Leave thinking that, that it's just like non music or something. Because right. I do think that, you know, for, well, for one thing, you notice that it's not like it's just like a person who's holding a guitar for the first time and strumming it randomly. Like, right. they know like something DJ about Colic. music. Right.
0: <laughs> exactly. This is a TikTok I got to show you. <laughs> Link to it in last okay. episode's show notes, I think. Um, so, you know,
2: that there are bits, I guess it's kind of fun to think about just like how much these people. Sisters, right? Three sisters. Yeah, so three sisters. Later on, I think a fourth one joins. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to note, like, how how much they know about music. It does beg the question. Or raise the question. Raise it, beg it, whatever you want to do with it. <laughs> it it's I don't know. I wonder what kind of music they had heard up to this point. This is maybe one of those questions. That's that... a great question. Okay, thank you. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that that determines a lot of what you... A very young person learning uh, learning music or trying experimenting writing music. Like, obviously you're pulling from, from something and from uh, some area. I, I can... Okay, so one reason I find this so amusing is because I started playing music, uh, learning how to play guitar, when I was in, like, eighth or ninth grade. And this was coming, I mean, my family is musical to some extent, but not really, not guitar at all. And I just kind of picked up a guitar and started playing it, didn't know how to play it, didn't want to do any lessons or anything like that, Mm -hmm. so I didn't. I just, Mm -hmm. like, had the guitar and just played it, like, note by note, completely by ear Mm -hmm. and for at least a year i didn't um like know a single chord like a g chord or something like Mm -hmm. nothing at all i would make up all my own chords and they were very
0: unusual (laughs) (laughs) did you recognize any of the ones on this album i recognize a lot of these chords (laughs) i I invented these as well and you know it's uh, i don't
2: know it's interesting i i think that it it causes you to trying to like just dive into the netherworld and like pull out whatever you can like just i don't playing by ear like that so i kind of appreciated that these Mm -hmm. people knew more about music than i did when i started playing for sure Mm -hmm. but another thing that i can relate to is that i instead of like trying to learn how to play really well I just started writing songs. Yeah, like my process of learning was writing songs. So I was recording everything and working on songs, but they didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. None of the chords made sense. Mm-hmm. There was like no repetition. It would just be one chord, another, just <laughs> like yeah, yeah, just like thirty different weird chords in a row. And just <laughs> like what in the world? And eventually, you come back and be like, okay, I understand why there's like repetition in music, and right. it does make sense. But anyway, I, I, I can appreciate, I guess, from that point of view, that's how I came into music. So seeing um, something as unrefined as this and kind of, yeah, just not really being aware of what the musical moment is, mm-hmm. um, I can appreciate that. So, I, yeah. yeah.
0: I, that's really interesting. I, it reminds me of, um, well, I mean, I guess you were an adolescent at this time, but it reminds me of children and their approach to music. You'll just get a child just like walking down the street being like, Oh, and then I stepped on a frog, and then it turned into a princess, and then I went to a castle, and then we had tea. And they're just kind of like (laughs) improvised, improvised sounding the melody. The melody, there's no, uh, there's no, um, sense of harmony or like harmonic movement. Everything's unison. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is unison. E- you're essentially going from one random note to another. I mean, even if you are at all like in tune or on key, those are our, our finger quotes listener. I, I hope you can hear them. Uh, <laughs> hear it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So even if it is like not just a non note, It is essentially random. Um, Something Cameron has talked about in some of their uh, musical theory corners has been like the idea of musical tension and release. And that's a lot of like what harmony is or the idea of like, oh, I'm on this note. That means I'll probably go to the third or the Mm. fifth of that note or like something that makes like harmonic sense and progresses and maybe like will lead back to the Mm. beginning of Mm. the like the movement so that it can repeat. And there's just like Not really any thought of that It's just kind of like a (laughs) Uncontained Just like melody just sort of Tossed out like a bunch of marbles on a sidewalk
2: Well I don't know if if I agree with that I actually do think that there are some places Where um I'm trying to think if it's just One song or more than one because I've Listened to the album a couple times now But there
0: was one song that I was like okay This sounds like a song (laughs) There's something they do that is
2: like Um I mean, it's mainly just like going kind of up and then they go up to even a higher note, like to kind of finish a line. Right. That's like, I think the main version of, um, like te- kind of building tension into some of the tension uh-huh. release thing you're talking about. That's kind of the best way I can think of it. Cause you can feel mm-hmm. them kind of like growing and getting higher than like there's like, Oh, I go for a whole <laughs> other note and like, yeah. okay. and there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, the other thing to bring up is that, uh, it's sometimes called Outsider Music um, And this band Is from Austin Which is interesting Because that's also Where Daniel Johnson Is from um, Who Is uh, Worried Shoes And uh, What's his other Like famous stuff
2: I'm not super familiar With that guy But I've heard you Talk about him Yeah He's uh,
0: God they changed Spotify That's a really weird name Yeah it's
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah Daniel Johnson What's his most Famous song On Spotify True love will find you in the end. 20 million plays. What the fuck? Huh. I don't even know this one. I know Hi, How Are You, the album, the best. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so he's also an outsider artist uh, from Austin, Texas. Um, Can you play a little sample? Yeah, let's let's listen to the, the 20 million uh, popular song.
4: True love will find you in the end. We'll find out just who was your friend don't be sad i know you will but don't give up and-
0: okay I bet it was covered by someone more famous, and that's why it's the most popular song. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine a banger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pump that at the club, hell yeah! Song of the summer, (laughs) exactly. Um, Where was I going with that? Oh yeah, it's just it's funny that like outsider music
2: you were saying too. Yeah,
0: Austin has produced like probably the two most famous outsider music artists in this country. And what is the definition of that term? I haven't heard it. Um, God, I don't know if this is like the correct, you know, definition or whatever, but it's like someone who's not schooled and not trained oh, okay. often working outside of musical idioms or conventions or cliches, uh, in the same way that, you know, the shags do. Um, yeah. So, Oh, I should talk a bit, a bit about the the history of the band yeah. and why it became a band and what the hell happened. um, the story goes that there's this guy named, uh, Austin, uh, Wiggins, I think is the, the last name of everyone in this band. Um, yeah, we got, a uh, uh, Dot Wiggin, sorry, Wiggins singular, Helen Wiggin, Betty Wiggin and Rachel Wiggin at, at various times. Um, Rachel joined later as a bassist. Um, so their, their father, Austin Wiggin, they're all living in New Hampshire he goes to see a fortune teller who tells him three things. Uh, I forget what the first two are. They're not... Uh, oh, that he would marry a strawberry blonde woman. He would have two daughters after she had died. And that his daughters would form a popular music group. The first two predictions came true. So Austin was like, well... I guess I got to force my daughters into making a band, even though they don't know how to play any instruments. I'm just going to go buy them some guitars, shove them at them, throw a drum set at one of them, and just throw them into a recording studio, spend all my life savings at the recording studio to make them create an album.
2: Because he married a blonde woman. <laughs> because he married a
0: blonde woman. <laughs> and the fortune teller was like, yeah, you're yeah, also going to be famous. Um, and then of course, Perversely, it did come true in the end because, uh, oh, he withdrew his daughters from school. I forgot that little bit. He was so convinced of this little prophecy that he's like, all right, you're coming out of school. Whoa, you're going to teach yourself to play these instruments in, the, in an age before electronic tuners. Uh, no less. Clearly. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> Yeah. Some of the guitars are not, um, in tune with anything, including <laughs> itself. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess he did get them music and vocal lessons. Uh, The sisters never planned to become a music group, says Wikipedia. um, But apparently, their dad was a little bit of a tyrant. Dot, who I think is the lead singer, I'm not sure, said he was something of a disciplinarian. He was stubborn and he could be temperamental. He directed, we obeyed, or did our best. Um, That stinks. Yeah, and that comes up on one of the songs called Who Are Parents? Which adds a real dark tinge to the song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, wait, why did I say this was from Austin, Texas? These are from New Hampshire. That whole thing I went on with, like, oh, Austin, Texas is producing the yeah, yeah, two most famous outsider. They did in Massachusetts. It. Yeah, I, I think I got one. Oh, I got maybe uh, confused because their father's name was Austin. I guess. Well, I was gonna point out that was. Well, what a dummy! <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> Take this guy off the podcast. Uh, well, we'll start fresh. No we'll problem. start fresh. Start over. You can be with Cameron and have a better okay. show. I'm still Cameron. <laughs> Cameron's a live a and <Livipodlian> now. <laughs> um, he apparently named the band The Shags because of the popular shag hairstyle at the time, the 60s. And as a reference to shaggy dogs. Okay. For whatever reason, I, I guess he likes Not even dogs. like shaggy from...
2: What's the show that Shaggy was in? Uh, Shaggy 2-Dope, I think you're thinking no, of. Oh the, the, uh, the
0: ICP show? <laughs> no, different one. <laughs> that would insinuate that I've listened to the show. Oh, yes. Are <laughs> <laughs> you thinking of Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Yeah, but it wasn't about that. This maybe Apparently was before that, huh? I don't know. When did that show start? I don't, I don't even know. know. I don't it started. So. It must have. Well, I don't know. Uh, so it was like those are 67 68, somewhere around there that they formed. Um and they recorded this album "Philosophy of the World" in 1969.
2: The shag. So, quick question: Was the shag hairdo? I thought it was something that maybe was referring to
0: men's hair
2: hairstyles.
0: That does seem to be the case. Like an Austin Powers, like shagadelic baby. That that's what I think of with the shag hair. Th- okay, let's do a, a quick image search. Uh, shag. Hairstyle or hairdo? Do uh, style. Hairstyle. Okay, that's more dignified. Much. Much more dignified. Let's see. How many men do we get? Oh. All women. Okay, let's do, let's throw in 1960s because these are modern yeah, yeah, hairstyles. Yeah. We can't have that. Shag hairstyle 1960s. Uh, okay. Oh, wow. All women it's as well, almost. All women. Was that Mick Jagger? Well, he's a woman, too.
2: Yeah. There's Paul McCartney. These are not shag. What is this? That's, that's not a shag. That is not
0: shag. Okay. I'm, I guess I don't know what that word means. Uh, I'm gonna go on Google. I'm gonna resort to Google, which is not something I typically do. I usually I'm a Duck Duck Go person. Um, why why do we get Linda Ronstadt? Like that's is that cons- oh I guess I didn't know what it was. I, I guess, guess kind more shy. kind of mullety and things like that. Well, Multy cocktail. Um, but we we searched for 1960s. This is. Fucking hate Google these days. They just love to ignore various things you put in. I searched Shag hairstyle 1960s. It shows me a 1980s pop star. It shows me this person who's clearly from, like, the early 2000s, uh, whoever that is. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, even if you, like, put it in quotes or add, like, a plus sign, it just will not ever, like listen to you and you're like no really I want the 1960s it's like no I'm pretty sure you want the 80s and the 2000s I'll show you I'll show you fucking Google it used to be a lot better than it is now um especially when they were less focused around spying on you <laughs> dunk dunk go <laughs> dunk dunk gone um yeah we're I forgot what we are talking about oh the shag hairstyle yeah. the history of the band um The band itself was mystified um, when people started listening to this record, which was no small feat. I think. Did they put the record out like pretty quickly? Well, here's the odd thing they paid for a thousand pressings of this vinyl record in 1969. The distributor uh, disappeared with 900 of them. I think it is how the history phrases it, which is very odd. It's, it's not... Didn't run away with the money, he didn't, ran away with he, the He records. printed 1,000 <laughs> of them, and then he packed up 900 of them into big boxes, into a U-Haul truck, and drove away with them. Early adopter. Early adopter. He knew that 50 years hence on eBay, these will fetch a pretty price. Right, maybe 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really weird... Uh, yeah, yeah. Here we go. On Wikipedia... The wording is, the man who had promised to press 1,000 copies of Philosophy of the World reportedly absconded with 900 of them, as well as the money paid to him. So not only did he take the money, he took 900 copies of the record. How interesting. That's very odd. If you were to be a scammer who is scamming some poor, dumb ass who is a tyrant to his daughters and forcing them to be in a band. Is it getting hot in here? <laughs> oh, right. I forgot that that's your, your moonlight as a, a scammer who scams unsuspecting family tyrants. <laughs> um... Yeah, would you just take the, like, the money that would have paid for those 900 copies, or would you take the 900 copies?
2: So odd. I mean, it does, I guess, kind of a vote of confidence of that person's own ability to believe in that record if he thought that was more valuable I than guess. just running up with the money. guess yeah. Mic, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I,
0: I mean, that's a real vote of confidence. Uh, I that mean, again. Can, maybe it was one of those, like, back-to-the-future situations where Doc Brown, like, gave it not a sports almanac, but, like, a, a music— eBay price almanac Mm. to a time-traveling person. (laughs) Oh, it's a vote of confidence. (laughs) Yeah, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll scroll away 900 copies of this record until eBay gets invented. (laughs) Uh, Because, uh, let's see, I think on Wikipedia it also... uh, I'm searching for, like, cost and price because they do point out that original copies of... original pressings of this album... Are quite valuable um, Hmm. Because they only made like a few hundred of them Yeah, original pressings of Philosophy of the World Are now quite valuable and highly sought after By rare record collectors So, yeah, he took them to eBay 50 years later (laughs) Uh, That's my headcanon Um, They would have disappeared into obscurity The way that a lot of Music and movies and TV Has disappeared As formats change uh, you know There's been a lot of stuff That was released on Betamax That was never released In anything else uh, There's been a lot of stuff That was released on Vinyl Even to this day That was never released On anything else And um, I'm, I'm sure like Most of it is Total trash I'm sure I mean maybe we have like Our generation Or you know The previous generation's Mozart that just like Languished in obscurity Or whatever But They were refu- The the Shags were rescued From obscurity By Dr. Demento um, No sorry Frank Zappa, by way of Doctor Demento, uh, Frank Zappa had uh, discovered this album and said it was some of his favorite songs and played them on the Doctor Demento show. Mm. Um, and there's there's an apocryphal quote attributed to Frank Zappa where he called the Shags better than the Beatles, which is it's true that someone said that, but it wasn't Frank Zappa. It was uh, Lester Bangs, who's also quite famous. I don't know why someone had to feel like. Make it Frank Zappa to like punch it up because it's like Lester Bangs is also very famous. Hmm. I'm not super familiar, but oh, I'm well, you've familiar. seen almost famous. He's I've almost seen it. You've almost seen it. Yeah, yeah. Lester Bangs is a character. He's he's uh, like probably the most well known rock journalist slash mm. critic. Eh? I don't know. He he did uh, controversial things like saying they're better than the Beatles. So um,
2: they're they're getting some press.
0: Yes, and. um I think for years, uh, Dr. Demento would play the song It's Halloween on Halloween Day. Okay. Which is good. That's a good song. I was thinking
2: about this because recently it was Halloween and I was like, what are good
0: Halloween songs that are fun? to Shags, it's Halloween. I mean, no, it's great. Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, Yeah. Oh, but the band themselves, the Shags themselves, hated the record, were completely mystified why anyone liked it because they knew that it had been... A slapdash affair, and that there are a ton of like mistakes in it, and I don't think they had intended to re- to record it in the way in which it comes to us. Mm. Um, part of that I wonder is like some of the sense of rhythm is extremely odd and incongruent, and I wonder if like they listen to or like oh man they they were putting like different click tracks in everyone's headphones mm-hmm. in the recording studio or something like that. You know, because the drummer is like very consistently playing very differently than the other two. (laughs) Yeah. So you're saying that
2: the the band members themselves like kind of disowned the record or disliked it or something?
0: I mean, Wikipedia says this is uh, a huge part of our podcast. Probably about 78% is just uh, me or Cameron reading things from Wikipedia into a microphone. (laughs) So here we go. Uh, The band members themselves were appalled at how horrible the record sounded. Uh Years later, when it became popular, they were bewildered as to why. Um, and if I open the article for the uh, Album itself I think uh, They have something about rhythm Yeah The Wigan, systems, Wigan sisters Themselves have expressed dismay With the finished product noting that several of the Quirks in the musicianship were In fact rhythm mistakes that were left in And this was a factor in the band's Breakup and their reluctance to reunite In the wake of their newfound success Oh, Yeah they didn't actually play like a r- Re Uh, uh, They, like, got together at, like, they did a reunion show at, in, like, 2001, or, yeah, 1999. They played at the NRBQ 30th Anniversary Celebration at the Bowery Ballroom.
2: Are these people who
0: continued being
2: musicians prior to 1999?
0: No Between, what, 69 and 30 year period? No, they broke up in 1975 Oh okay. yeah. Did so they tour? They played local shows in, like, New Hampshire Okay um, But it was, like, a lot of nursing homes and stuff Imagine being an old, crusty sunbitch in New Hampshire in the 1960s You probably That's have really- lived through the 19th century A <laughs> significant part of the 19th century And... These people show up and play you, my pal, foot.
2: <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, so I think that there's, like, some context to think about a little bit. Because, like, the difference between, like, hearing this song on, like, the radio versus being at a place where you're seeing three very young women right or even mm. girls i think yeah performing because i feel like there's this expectation of like oh these are like these are kids playing a song right so like whatever but if you hear on the radio or like hearing the album in isolation you're like wait this is like music like <laughs> quote unquote this is like a recorded album mm-hmm. so i almost feel like it probably would um would
0: hit better in the <laughs> that's a great point I actually know. They'd come a little slack because they're like, ah, these are, are kids. Do we have like the ages? Of I people? was actually trying to feel, like scroll through and feel like I could find that. Yeah. Um, man, I it doesn't say. I I think they were teenagers. Like, like clearly, they were pretty right? young. <laughs> oh, you know,
2: this photo is almost young. too big.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, they I think they're teenagers. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, you want to get any songs? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's start with philosophy of the world.
4: And <laughs> people want what
0: Yeah. So that's uh, the first sound sample of the album. Well, so it's funny because the the very
2: first moments of the first song, which that was, um, are some of the least rhythmic parts of the entire album as well. Because <laughs> yeah. like even, you know, aside from the fact that obviously the, the drummer was living in, in a different world when, yep. when this um, was being recorded by the other people, yeah, but... You can hear um, something you see a lot in this album is a guitar playing single notes that is the melody is also being sung simultaneously. Yep, Um, that's a key element to their sound. It really is. It's It's singing along to the guitar melody. Well, and one question I had was, do you think the I I think the melody was written on the guitar and that the person put put the lyrics to it? I I can't make any other sense of it.
1: Mm, It just seems
2: that it like there's something about. Like the voice does not naturally do the kinds of things that their melodies are doing, so it just it does certain leaps that like don't seem very
0: idiomatic to yeah. singing. But in any to case, put it the, a certain way.
2: Yeah, the, yeah, but the beginning of this song, um, it's actually misaligned. Later on, they sync up better, even like halfway through the verse. Mm-hmm. But the very first part. Um, it might be worth playing again now that I mention it, but um, just notice the difference between the the guitar line playing, the mm-hmm. vocal melody, and and the the, the drums. D- no, no, not the drums. Oh. The um, singer. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's like echoed almost in a weird way. Yeah. People want what the
4: people got, and the skinny people want what the people got.
0: That's, that's actually i A few Deerhoof songs Where they will uh, They they sometimes Do the same thing Where like the, the guitar Plays the same melody uh, And sometimes They're synced up But sometimes They're like A beat behind And it's It's a really Interesting sound And it can be Really fun Like the way Deerhoof deploys it sometime, Sometimes Sometimes um, Yeah I wonder if that's One of the rhythmic Mistakes they're Referring to On Wikipedia Well yeah When I read that I was thinking It'd be really funny If
2: they were like Um the very beginning of the first song has this one little issue, and yeah, you know, it's really <laughs> a shame that it came out that way. <laughs> like ruin the whole totally album,
0: exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, it
2: was great. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Hearing a clip like that, you're immediately thrown into this thrown into chaos in a way where like everything you expect out of music, you you just don't have really anything. And I don't know, like where does your mind go when you hear that? It's kind of hard to you're just kind of bouncing around.
0: Yeah because also another key element to their sound is not much consideration for meter like these are not melody lines that really fit into like a 4/4 like beat pattern where it's like oh we we sing for like four bars and then it's like the chorus or what you know it's it's uh it's kind of like free form oh we have a line this certain length and we're just kind of going to wing it mm-hmm. in terms of like mm-hmm. length and how it fits with any kind of rhythm
2: uh yeah well and i guess that is a question of back to the question of like was the melody written on the guitar first or is it maybe even predetermined by the lyrics possibly
0: but that's also something that kids do like going back to what i was saying earlier it's like they just like they think of like a line or whatever like oh and then i just you know sing it (laughs) regardless of how like there's no, uh, there's no, like, real verse forms where it's, like, lines uh-huh. of the same length that go in, like, a predictable pattern. It's kind of like each line is its own musical universe.
2: Yes, yes. Well, occasionally they, they'll take lyrical breaks where and the drums just go nuts.
0: <laughs> yes! We got some great drum solos on this record. <laughs> some great ones. Yeah. Um, let's, let's uh, yeah, my pal Foot Foot has some notable uh, drum solos. Uh, so let's let's keep it rolling. Do you want to talk about little, that little sports car, or skip it?
2: Um, the only thing I wanted to mention. Uh, okay, so there's something at the very end. I, I wrote um, the bravado of the finish. The I bravado. It's, I think it's lyrical. Uh, right towards maybe
0: the last 15-20 okay. seconds, if possible. Let's listen to a, a general sound. Well, I think they're almost trying to write like a Beach Boys song. It's called that little sports car. Yes, yes, yes. That feels very Beach Boys. Here we go.
3: Following it was like riding on a roller
4: coaster. Roller coaster. I love the call response. Around the
3: corners and over the bumps, every minute faster and faster. My heart on my hot song. Well, finally, he stopped to get some gas if
0: I was. <laughs> Another key element of, I think, children's music is oftentimes it will just, like, slip into the melody of a different song or a um, sort of a stock, like, cliche melody or like a, a um, like a, like a playground taunt melody or, like, jump rope melody or something. Uh, and they, they do it sometimes. I don't know if I heard it in that sound sample, but they, they do do it sometimes. Um, I think my pal Foot Foot has a couple... Moments where they do that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah The um, The
2: climax of the lyrics of this movie um, Or sorry This feels like a movie doesn't This song's it? a whole movie I mean it really, starts yeah. with
0: There was a sports car on the road I feel like I can see it
2: Well I do think it's worth spending a moment on Because just the story of this song There was a sports (laughs) car on the road. Yes. I knew the the fellow that drove it. Little sports car was slippery as an oyster, which is not a phrase I would have expected necessarily, but okay. A car is like an oyster. Following it is like riding on a roller coaster. So they followed around. He steps on the gas. I try to catch up, but he moved too fast. Um, Then he was gone. I didn't know where I went wrong. The time went fast. It was late. And then... And then at the end it says, I look, so here's the lesson. I learned my lesson never too
0: wrong. I learned they're my They're really life. into that. Never, never to, to roam. Yeah, the word like, roam is a huge theme in this. is a huge it, theme. It yeah. comes up in my call, foot foot several times. Yes, I noted
2: quite a few mentions of roaming and how it's very bad to do. And yeah, yeah, no one should roam. It's just like
0: set up like a cautionary tale, but nothing happens in song. <laughs> yeah. They just don't catch he the just, car. <laughs> he, he drives away, and they're like, oh, man, we should never roam. Now I know. Now it's I learned know. the hard way. Never to roam. roam. <laughs> never to it's roam. It's like, well, he just didn't. <laughs> Keep up with a car yeah. I mean it's it's a sports car you were just trying to walk all excited, I guess. Like oh. what's going
2: on here? So you know, it could be like one thing I've thought about as well throughout this album is that there are there are certain kind of familiar themes that I believe they're picking up on and even kind of having their own interpretation of um, like maybe just things they've heard in songs or something but it feels like you said maybe kind of a beach boys thing here and then wrapping it up with a lesson but like it doesn't really make sense because nothing really happens for them to have learned that lesson but they have kind of the notion of how
0: it's supposed to go as a song Yeah, Yeah. it's supposed to go a certain way like you're supposed to like have your heart broken or something and then you learn your lesson you typically don't say, I learned my lesson in the song, but, you know, let's leave that aside. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's so funny. When I got there, he was gone. I don't know where I went wrong. It's like, did you go wrong? Like, did did you meet? Uh, did mm-hmm. you think he was? Oh, I guess they are driving a car, too. I stepped on the gas and just made the corner. Wow, I was almost a goner. There's, there's also, like, another key feature of, like, children's music, I think, is... Some pretty forced rhymes Uh And we see that a lot in the shags Corner Um, goner goner. (laughs) Around the corners and over the bumps Every minute, faster and faster, my heart thumped My heart thumped? My heart thumped? Yeah, Uh, the call and response there But that, that showcases two key features Of the shags' approach to music, which is Lines of variable length Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and extremely forced rhymes. Paying it off with the rhyme a lot of the time, yeah. Yeah, My heart thumped. And there's a lot of lessons to learn. There are a lot of lessons to learn. Yeah, there's the first. It's a very moral music, it teaches us a lot. Oh, wait till we get to the last song. Oh, boy. There's a lot we can learn from this whole album. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You want to move on to Who Are Parents? Yeah. There's a lot to talk about for this song.
3: They don't listen to what the ones who really
4: care have to say. They just go.
0: I I mean, like out of context. It's very memorable. Yeah, parents are the ones who are always there. Well, if
2: if there's ever a question as to did the parents
0: um, help write any of the lyrics of any of the songs, (laughs) I'll probably point to this one first. It's called "Who Are Parents." The first verse is: "Some kids do as they please. They don't know what life really means. They don't listen to what the ones who really care have to say." Which is, I will point out, maybe twice as long as the other two lines we've gotten up to this point. Uh, they just go and do things their own way. And what we learn in this song is parents are your true friends. Parent who? Uh, so they ask the question, "Who are parents?" It's a call and response. One person asks the question, "Who are parents?" The other person responds, "And parents." By way, just a very common question. A very common question. Who are parents? Who are parents? <laughs> who are parents? Parents are the ones who really care. They ask again. Who are parents? The other person responds. Parents are the ones who are always there. Always there. Yeah. So, insane idea to write a song (laughs) based around the question, who are parents? (laughs) Uh, I wonder, before the shags, how many times that sentence, that question has been spoken in the history of the English language among all the people who have spoken it. Maybe leaving aside... People learning the language in the classroom being like, teacher, who are parents? Mm -hmm. We'll set that aside. Uh, For native English speakers, how many times has that question been asked, do you think? Who are parents? Well,
2: and you know, the album's called The Philosophy of the World. Yes. So I love this. There's these little things in there that... Okay, so this is another theme I see in this album, is they sometimes ask questions and say certain things that are like, I've never heard anything like that before. The question... Who are parents? I mean, I guess there's a little bit of, like, just little kid language in there. Yeah. But it's still, like... I don't know. It's, it, it is still, like, they're philosophizing on topic. You're not just saying, what are, what are parents for? What do they do? Like, there it's is something uh, that is deliberately philosophical to me. Or...
0: It's a bit Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> it is a little bit describing things in terms of someone who is unfamiliar with the human race. Mm. They, they wanted this... Philosophy of the World album to be the gold record on the Voyager probe sent out to the aliens to explain humanity to extraterrestrial life. Here's the philosophy of the Earth. Uh Who are parents? Parents are the ones who really care. Mm -hmm. Who are parents? Parents are the ones who are always there. They explain life to us and the philosophy of the world. You also pointed out we didn't cover the lyrics of the first track, which is maybe one of the most bonkers... Uh, ones, um, yeah, we can go back just real quickly. Uh, Oh, it is the title track. It's the title track. Yeah. Philosophy of the world. Oh, the rich people want what the poor people's got. Oh, the poor people want what the rich people's got. And the skinny people want what the fat people's got. And the fat people want what the skinny people's got chorus you can never please anybody in this world i love this i love this and i think that there's even better could you scroll down a little bit yeah yeah i think there's a couple
2: lines that i liked even more yes it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter what you say there will always be one who wants things the opposite way that is some icp lyrics that is good yeah that's really good (laughs) and i do think a little bit um i don't know a little bit surprising out of Children generally, and the the children who are also writing, who are parents, they're the ones who are always there and love you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's It's a little nihilist there for
0: for like just a little note of that. Yeah, it's always really interesting when kids try to like blow things, like expand things really big, and try to make like grand pronouncements about the world. It's Mm -hmm. like you know, whatever you want, there's always someone who's going to want the other thing. If I want long hair, there's going to be someone who wants short hair. And the boys with cars want motorcycles and the boys with motorcycles want cars. I mean, it's obviously like a whole riff on like the grass is always greener, but like yeah, it's <laughs> That's great. And it does lead right
2: into, you know, one of your, your very famous pronouncements that uh, you can't have anything. This is very
0: Shag's kind of
2: quality to that Exactly, that I now understand.
0: Forget everything. You can't have anything. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that, that was Philosophy of the World, the first song. Um, to go back to Who Are Parents, uh, this, um, this has a real dark tinge. If you consider some of the backstory of the band And the father like mm-hmm. forced them Into being a band And making a record And they didn't really want to And hadn't really that wasn't their goal And he kind of just like shoved them in a recording studio And said go And they I mean the the genius annotation on uh, Parents are the ones who really care A uh, who, Which contributor is this? Who is this? Addison H02 writes On that line, parents are the ones who really care. A tragic irony as the Shag's girl's father made them form this band despite their lack of musical talent or rhythm. Sometimes parents care in the wrong way. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe there's a little bit more going on in this song than you thought, huh? Maybe it's a little deeper than it appears. I like the annotations. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Second verse. Some kids think their parents are cruel just because they want them to obey certain rules they start to lean from the ones who really care, turning, turning from the ones who will always be there. Yeah, almost reads like a PR statement. Yeah, exactly. It's like, did their dad write this? (laughs) Make them sing this. Uh, It's Yeah, it's... um, Someone else uh, writes that, said to be about their father, said to be a disciplinarian by his daughters, this song's eeriness comes from the robotic message that children must obey their parents. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot going on in that sense. Um, I don't know if it's I don't know if I call it robotic, considering you know this is not that different from the the rest of their singing on this album. A robot would never do this. A robot would never do this. <laughs> not the robots I know. No, no. <laughs> an artificial intelligence <laughs> would like scan through a hundred million pop songs and spit out like an algorithmically derived one. This is. The farthest thing from an algorithmically derived pop song. This is completely, uh, what is a sui generis. I don't know if that's how that's pronounced, but it's just, uh, like, yeah, it's, it's own creativity. Unbound breaks the internet. Absolutely. Yes. They used to say that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's as if they had a big butt. Mm Uh, okay. Do you want to move on to maybe la creme The la creme, my pal foot foot? Yes. Let's do that. Yes.
3: I home. I go to his house, knock at his door. People come out and say, Footfoot, don't live here no more. My pal foot foot, foot always like to go. My pal foot foot, foot Now he has no home. Where will foot foot What will foot foot do? Oh foot. I wish I could find you. <laughs> oh
0: my god. It's so free jazz. I mean, there was there was at least one critic who compared their music to Ornette Coleman and just like unbounded like freeform jazz melodies and rhythms and stuff. Well, okay. So who's Footfoot? Foot? Apparently it's their lost cat. It's, okay. They apparently had a cat named Footfoot, Foot, which is extremely I funny. Love it. That's a I love great it. name for a cat. That's really good. It's even better when you consider that the way they pronounce it is kind of like Slurring the final T. Mm-hmm. It's kinda like mm-hmm. they're not saying foot foot, they're saying Foot <laughs> <laughs> Uh we got a lot of roaming in here as well. Always White likes to roam. Foot-foot. He always likes to roam. I never well, we hard. learned about roaming. We learned Remember about what we already know. <laughs> Remember, we learned, kids. <laughs> uh, but this is their cat, and he has his own house. I go to his house, knock at his door. People come out and say, multiple people come out and say, "Foot, foot, don't live here no more." Well, I thought
2: it was like a neighbor friend of theirs at this point in the song yeah. as well for that reason. But yeah, if it is their own cat, that's a pretty weird way to describe how they're looking <laughs> for it. Is I went to knock at his
0: door. People came out and said, "Foot, foot." <laughs> Don't live here no more. An entire family of different cats came out. <laughs> Sorry, people. Different people came out and say, no, foot, foot, don't live here no more. Uh, I could see why this would be popular among certain uh, like freakazoid hippies who are all strung out on drugs or whatever. There are some really good drum solos in this. Did you, did you oh, grab one of those? I did grab those, yeah. Um, this is... I don't know. If, I don't think I have a sound sample. Let's see if I can find it. Um... In Spotify But this is exactly what I was talking about With like the children's approach to songwriting Is they'll just like lapse into a Well known sort of like pattern That happens in my pal Footfoot Foot, uh, Where She sings
3: Lord, Lord, I wish I could find you I've looked here, I've looked there I've looked everywhere Oh footfoot, why can't
0: I find Yeah. I've looked here. I've looked there. I've looked everywhere. What is that? I don't know. But everyone knows. It. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, huh. it's just it's, something
2: that's like hardwired into us. Whatever that it's like is. a
0: weird nursery rhyme or something because it's, or it's, it's like specifically a about thing looking. Or I almost, it's it's it's. I think it's specifically about like I look here. I look there. I look there everywhere. Hmm. Isn't it? I don't know. Maybe not. It's I don't know. something foundational. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, it's just like one of those things. that's like this little figure that. They just like lapse into for no discernible reason, and it, you know it's like they don't do it in any other verses. Um, if Footfoot Foot didn't like to roam so well, he would still have a place to dwell. Ah, so another cautionary tale another about cautionary roaming, roaming. I think you here can't roam, no
2: roaming if allowed. Roman maybe you'd have a place to dwell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I often say that I should have the Caribbean Enthusiasm theme music as a little drop I could play. <laughs> Would a good drop. Anyway. Yeah. I'll set that up at some point. Footfoot, um, Foot, please answer me. I know where you are. You're behind that tree. They find Footfoot. Foot. They do. Footfoot, uh, Foot, please come to me. Footfoot, Foot, now that you're here, won't you come home? Footfoot, Foot, promise me this, that you will never again roam. No roaming allowed. Uh-huh. You always have to be indoors in your own house. <laughs> never leave. They... <laughs> Their profits. They predicted the pandemic. Uh, I think, yeah. Or should I say plandemic? I think the Shags were intimately involved in the planning of this whole yeah, lockdown situation.
2: News, yeah. They invested
0: heavily in horse paste Ugh. and mask uh, concerns. <laughs> and panned on Footfoot. <laughs> Footfoot's the ultimate... Footfoot was at a wet market getting sold... <laughs> Started spreading the virus because he what was roaming. When you roam. He was roaming. He roamed all the way to China. <laughs> Do not roam. <laughs> Don't roam. Oh god. Uh, yeah, we gotta listen to some drum solos for this track. We have two of them. They're very good. Uh, so here's the first one. Speaking of fun fun. (laughs) So about the drum solos The Chicago Tribune Apparently described as sounding Quote, like the kit's components Are being dropped one at a time Down a flight of stairs That's pretty good It's a pretty good line Mm -hmm. Uh, It's especially true for the drum solo that ends the song Mm. We'll never again know.
2: Trying to hit it simultaneously with just landing everyone. So cool. No <laughs> <laughs> <That> rules. <laughs> uh,
0: don't roam, anyone. Alright. Uh, my companion? Yeah. Oh, let's... Um. Actually, they re-recorded My Pal Foot Foot for their... Uh, which was released on their compilation album, Shag's Own Thing. Yeah. And this is, I think, the definitive version of how they intended it, with a little bit more polish and playing in the same ostensible rhythm. Um so let's listen to uh their later re recording of it. We were nodding our heads along to the beat until they got to that line where (laughs) the meter kind of went out the window a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, that one definitely has a lot—really different of a beat. And yeah, like the whispering and the vibe is like so different. Um, Yeah, let's move on to song number five, "My Companion."
3: My companion is with me Wherever I go It goes to My companion is with me No matter what I do When I ride my horse I take my companion to a course. When I go to the beach And run in the sand I have my companion Close at hand <laughs>
0: Drummer just lost my- his <laughs> mind. <laughs> I love it I have my companion Close at hand <laughs>
2: Well, so this song is, it, it,
0: it's all building up to a punch. It's a mystery. Yes, it's a mystery. Yeah, we've seen Garth Brooks do some songs like this, you know, back in season one. Mm. We've seen artists do this kind of thing, but never have we seen an artist pull off an M. Night Shyamalan twist! Such quite a like payoff. This. Such a payoff. Such a payoff. My companion is with me. Wherever I go, it goes too. My companion is with me, no matter what I do. When I ride my horse, I take uh, my companion too, of course. Mm -hmm. When I go to the beach and run in the sand, I have my companion close at hand. (laughs) Uh, My companion is with me when I drive my car, even when I go real far. No matter where I am or what I do, my companion is always there too. When I walk my pets, no wonder then I take my companion. It never has passed. I think Pass is meant to be with Pet. Um, Pets? Yeah, but Dustin asked me to get a sound sample of the big twist that ends this song. My
4: companion is with me wherever I go Even when I go to a show My companion is, of course, my radio
0: (laughs) My radio My companion is, of course Of course it's in my radio Doesn't take their radio with them when they go ride their horse. Well, and it's so just like phones. Right. Yeah. You ever noticed? People don't talk to each other anymore. They're always just looking into these phones, the light-up idiot boxes. I mean, Black Mirror is a documentary. You ever notice that? These phones are a pandemic. These phones are a pandemic. People are riding their horses on their phones, texting each other, TikToking each other, snapping each other's chats. When will it end? 2020, the year of phones. (laughs) 2020. (laughs) <laughs> the year <of> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think it is probably somewhat like, uh, re- uh, not receptive, perceptive to point out like the, the. Uh, I'm sure there was a moral panic probably in the 60s about like, oh, these young kids taking carrying their, their radios, on radios their bikes around, and stuff, on their yeah. bikes, on their horses. Well, they talk about yeah, riding horses, like, driving
2: here too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Is it the same radio? Do they take their like handheld like transistor radio battery into the car? Right? Yeah, I don't know. Don't they have radio? Don't in have your... radio in the car? Don't they have a radio does... on their horse? does their horse have a built-in radio? Oh. Did they not opt for the good trip package? Have radio. <laughs> they oh they got the little end horse. Oh my god. Oh no, they're poor. Uh, we can't listen to this anymore. When I walk my pets, no wonder then I take my companion. It never has. It never has passed. What does that even mean? Uh, I don't don't even understand that like syntactically. Yeah. That's, this is such a, I mean, this is, it's a, again, like I keep coming back to this, but this is like a song a child would write, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm going to reveal to you a mystery at the end. And it's a radio. And it's the, like the most random thing that doesn't really fit the mystery they've been setting it's, up this whole time. It's good. It's funny. Well,
2: yeah. And I mean, it's another like bit of evidence to show that like there is a lot of thought and they do have concepts of like mm-hmm. structures that are coming yeah. out. So, yeah. like, clearly that's like a storytelling structure. And they, mm-hmm. but the way they pay it off
0: is just so funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, in of course. That little sports car, it was like, um, there was a moral at the end of the story. So there's like that but story But there's no structure. story. There's no story. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. I'm missing one thing. They're <laughs> missing one thing. Just a tiny, just... tiny little detail. Yeah. And this one, it's like, oh, here's the story where that comes into a twist that like forces you to recontextualize the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, of course, the, the slight detail there, there is that it doesn't really fit anything. And, and they say, of course. Of course. I love it. Right. Um, how about, I'm so happy when you're near. Or maybe the song that's named I'm So Happy When You're Near. Oh, you were just saying that? I was just saying that. (laughs) How nice. In the, in the
2: middle Cheered of the
0: song <laughs> <laughs> Brutal Brutal takedown <laughs> Oh my god uh, I love when they give a little space Like in the very beginning yes. of that sounds out Where they're just like They leave space Just kind of random amounts of space wow. <laughs> uh, I can see the proto-punk also, in the, that, like, where they just, like, all of a sudden go from, like, the letting the chord just ring out and then bam, 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 bam. Everyone's, like, playing 100% at once. Uh, well, that's the build of tension, I think, that you're talking about. Yeah, tension that's, release, that's right? tension. Yeah. Tension and release. I'm so happy when you're near. I'm so sad when you're away. I've been happy almost every day now that you're here to stay. Maybe this is about Footfoot Foot, now that he's done he's roaming. Like, yeah. Yeah. But when you have to leave, then I'll start to grieve. Oh, man, it's took like a sad turn. Every week you have to go. Every time it's a different road, I never know what to do. I'm so lonesome without you. This is
2: boilerplate kind of stuff it's to mate, yeah. I'm like, this is like, I'm writing a song. And the song is about like, somebody some leaves or something. Yeah. And so you can feel again those structures
0: kind of manifesting. Yeah. It's almost like they're trying to write a Hallmark card song. They're Ooh, like, me. I'm going to write a sappy ballad. This I like. But then it takes a real turn. Uh, When you're far away, you're always in my dreams. And when you're home to stay, we make a perfect team. It's so hard to have to wait for you to ride into the gate. Maybe you should ride through the gate, but, you know, I'm not here to judge. But when you get there, we have many news and feelings to share. Mm -hmm. Many. You ever ever meet up with an old friend and they have many news to share? It's (laughs) really funny to treat the news (laughs) syntactically as if it were plural. No, No, it is. I can see why you think it's plural, because... So There's an S at the end. There's an there. S, so, uh, yeah, yeah, and oftentimes that denotes a plural, but not always. So, yeah, not always. <laughs> There's the road. so. Uh, give me some of the news that you have gathered. <laughs> Do you have many news? Do so you have many news that you want to share with me? Well, we don't want to spoil for that too much, yeah. but <laughs> is is your news a countable noun or not?
2: <laughs> oh, this is the next stanza. Is what I like. Oh, uh, here we go. Hit that one. You read it. All right. I know it has to be, I know it can't be changed, but sometimes I think we are completely insane.
0: <laughs> oh, you did ask me to get a sound sample of that. Do we do it? Yeah. Here we go. We got some of the guitar solo. I know it has to be, I know it can't be changed. But
4: sometimes I think we are completely insane
0: well, you might not be the only one who thinks that they're dotty. Um, Yeah, I didn't expect that in this song. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed, uh, speaking of like ups and downs and tensions and release, it really seems like most of their, well, when they have any kind of like pattern to their verses or structures or whatever, oftentimes it's like, here's my first line. It goes up. Here's my second line. It goes down. Here's my third line. It goes up. Here's my fourth line. It goes up more. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of that. It's, it's a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. A lot of these songs sound pretty similar to each other. What I'm trying
2: to figure out is what, what the root of that melody is. It's just so unusual. But yeah. uh, like you're
0: saying, you can kind of see echoes of it in different songs. And just, what is this? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I wish we could see each other more. It wouldn't be so bad. If we could only find the open door, we wouldn't be so sad. I mean, again, that's, these are straight out of an ICP song. Like, this is not that different from, <laughs> mm. like, literal songs that Shaggy Tito and Violet J have released. Well, I just thought of a guess about the melody thing. Ah, uh, yes. Hymns, do you think? Hmm. Whose? Hymns? Which which he? Which he are you referring hers, to? Sorry, oh, hers. Sorry, sorry. herses. <laughs> yeah. Hymnses. Um, do they do that? Do they go up, down, up, up, up? Uh, th- there's
2: not a hymn that sounds like this But, <laughs> well, but yeah. there's something about There's not about... An anything that sounds like this <laughs> There's something about the Odd kind of structured formality Of the moving up and the down That like, kind of reminds me of hymns I guess I could see
0: that It's like a hymn cross with a child's song because the yeah. hymns are so rigidly like formal and like follow the same well, pattern, and this has some of that like formal rigidity that's like layered on top of this. But it's also so freeform because they will just like extend a line if they want to get to the next like forced rhyme. Yeah, like like in that song, uh, my companion, where they're like uh, the bit about the horse, where it's uh, no. Yeah, when I ride my horse, I take my companion to Of Course. They just add, like, a couple extra beats to get to the Of Course, which doesn't need to be in the song and is... Not only like nonsense itself, but makes the rest of the song more nonsensical. Yeah, to like have these really um,
2: wordy lines that they like craft into the song mm-hmm. and carve out these areas <laughs> for them to like have these yeah. super long weird lines, and then hit it with this bizarre
0: force rhyme yeah, at the end. Exactly. Of yeah, that's super fun. Um, so until we find, oh, here here's a very short line. Which is is fun to contrast with some of the ways they've extended lines. So until we find the right door, you'll have to leave again. And once more, both our lives will be very dim. Holy shit. There's some internal rhymes in those lines. So until we find the right door, that's A, you'll have to leave again, B. And once more, A is in the middle of that line. Both our lives will be, that doesn't rhyme with anything, very dim. And that's the the payoff to the B. Again. Is that again? What's dim? That rhymes with dim, right? Yeah. again. And maybe, oh, maybe the, ah, oh, shit. Maybe it's just that the lyrics. It could just be that there. It could just be the wrong line breaking. breaks on the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to the actual song itself. Which one is this? Um, My, I'm so happy when you're here. Really? Oh, yeah.
4: So until we find the right door, you'll have to leave again.
2: Man, that I'm is just a, feeling like
0: pulling into that, pulling into pulling the station with that note. <laughs> <laughs> just driving their voice truck up to the garage of that note. Oh, yeah. Just taking their time up the steeply sloping driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's kind of how Russell Crow sings. Actually, we we covered one of his albums no. as a pallet cleanser. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. He kind of like uh, just just sort of like ramps himself up into each note. Like he he doesn't he's not like Necessarily out of tune all the time. He oftentimes eventually does get to a note, but he kind of like goes, uh, just uh, all runways. Yeah, it's just, it's all, he, he always has to like, you know, sort of. Convince himself to get up, get up, and mm-hmm, like sort of mm-hmm. climb the wall the note. Yeah. he's wearing his little stocking cap with the little pom pom, and he's got his long nightshirt on. And he's mouth. like, "Boy, what day is today? Tr- yeah. Why it's Christmas Day, sir!" <laughs> Has his knuckle on his eye. Yeah. <laughs> <and> then... <laughs> oh boy. Um, I guess we should talk about things I wonder. Song seven. of all I wonder why you make me cry some of those chords are ones I'm familiar <laughs> <laughs> you've for invented the sure. chords sure. as well for sure <laughs> yeah there's we should I guess we should back up a bit the people in this band there is a there are three people on this album this is before the bassist Rachel joined uh, who I, I think appears on their compilation which is called Shag's Own Thing hmm. which has the more polished like rhythmical versions of some of these songs uh, we've got I think Helen on the drum, Betty, sorry, Betty on the drums. And then we have two guitarists. We have Dot or Dorothy and we have Betty and they're both playing guitar and they're both at different times singing. Mm. I think Dot is the main singer. Um, who sings like the most of these lines. Oftentimes, both of them are singing at once. obviously. Yeah, um, so one of the guitarists is typically following along with the melody line of what they're singing And the other one is just doing, like, rhythm guitar. But it's a pretty, I don't know, idiosyncratic approach to Mm -hmm. rhythm guitar, perhaps? Mm -hmm. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think... I mean, it's a a song like that, the clip that we just heard, it's it's hard to imagine that those were the chords that were supposed to be played. It seems like they're kind of just getting close to, like, getting the right notes on them. Yeah, I don't don't know. Well
0: it's an interesting challenge that I think would be difficult for any professional, like studio hired gun, like any guitarist who's at the peak of their craft is how do you play rhythm guitar chords all along to a song that has no sense of chordal or harmonic structure in any way. And a drummer who's in a different building. <laughs> a drummer who's, <laughs> who's on the phone from a different time zone. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how do you play, how do you play uh, chords when the melody just kind of randomly ranges all over the place?
2: Well, you know, I think, yeah, a song like that is one where you start to just admire the um, fortitude or something, you know, whatever, of, like, the singer to just proceed through <laughs> just, you know, inexorably forward. And it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know it's so it has such an interesting feel <laughs> to just charge ahead like no matter what else is happening <laughs> around her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, they, they don't like adapt to each other, you know. In in this recording, which makes mm-hmm. me think that I don't know. I'm curious about how many instruments were recorded simultaneously, mm-hmm. or if they were all recorded completely mm-hmm. separate, potentially, which yeah. I think would make sense of why you get that feeling of. Some people rigidly playing against others and like not syncing up yeah. forcibly.
0: Like I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the the two who are playing guitar and singing are often locked in with each other fairly well. Well, and maybe really they were doing really, that simultaneously. Yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah. they recorded the guitars and the singers simultaneously, and the drums just like totally separately, and didn't sync them Before, up afterwards. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that would make a lot of sense to how this album ends up sounding. Um, yeah. <laughs> One thing I wanted to point out about this one that
2: I really liked was the very um, f- first two lines of it. So it's called, yes. what's it called? The Things I wonder. I wonder. There are many things I wonder... There are many things I don't. <laughs> That's such a you good don't really have to hear about the things people don't,
0: don't wonder. <laughs> That's such a good yeah. follow-up line. Mm. <laughs> I was gonna draw attention to that as well. There are many things I, there are many things I don't. A lot of stuff I do not wonder. There's about. a lot of stuff I don't wonder about, for Tell sure. Me more. Tell me more. I really need to know. I wonder about those things you, you don't wonder about, mm. honestly. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, it seems as though the things I wonder most are the things I never find out. Ah man, uh-huh. we got to the back of that nihilism. Uh-huh. It's like ah, you know, it's, it's Sisyphean. You might say, yeah, I wouldn't say that. It's, yeah, it's the philosophy would. of the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you might say it, and say you would say. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a chance. <laughs> there's always a chance. <laughs> it's a song
2: yeah like you said it, it harkens back to the concept of philosophy and there's all this wondering and asking these questions and yeah I appreciate that I think this one's you know departs a little bit more from relationships and stuff this is yeah almost purely philosophical actually
0: yeah I think it's I don't know this this I think it sometimes can be also a characteristic of children like singing or making up poems or whatever is. Oftentimes, if they say something, they feel like they have to say the opposite as well, uh-huh. which shows up again in, uh, I don't know if you can call them verses, but the third stanza on the genius, at least. There are some things I don't understand. There are some things I do. Uh-huh. It's like you always have to go from like, you know, one to the other. Yeah. Or maybe that's, that's less of a characteristic of like children singing and more of just like a, a uh, one of the stru- like latent structures that they're sort of bringing out and using even in a very unstructured song. Um, it's also a very sad song One thing I don't understand is why we have to be so blue I understand why you feel the way you do Because I feel the same way too I wonder why why our minds Drift astray I wonder why life goes on this way I wonder why we have to part We both know it'll break our heart The one heart that they share mm-hmm. Our heart mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know I wonder if, if this is teenage Just like angst about romance or something. There's a lot of like leaving me, and I'm left behind, and I'm sad, and I wonder why you leave. I mean, not just in this song, but many of the songs. Um, I also wonder if maybe there's some, like, sublimated or, like, displaced emotions about parents. I mean, not to, like, play armchair psychologist too much, but it sounded like their relationship with their dad was maybe uh, a bit fraught, let's say. Sure. So, yeah. Or even just, like,
2: some, I don't know, I feel like there's, there's a natural amount of, um, I don't know, like angst, you said, and kind of unnamed, like light level depression. I feel like this is something I noticed a lot in myself when I was a kid is that I would just feel sad a lot and not really know why. And like, there'd be a lot, everything would be right. And I even remember there's a period where like people would frequently ask me like, are you okay? (laughs) And I was always like, yeah. I'm fine <laughs> I'm fine. fine I'm just super depressed yeah, I'm just
0: depressed I've been it's depressed for deep. years It's normal It's totally normal <laughs> I, <laughs> I wonder if all children feel that way Or if yeah. it's just Ones that Grow up in certain
2: environments It could be mm. I, It's hard to I mean I, I like to think that it's um, Kind of just a normal Like growing up thing There's times where you're I don't know, just confused about everything. Things are changing constantly, and yeah. sadness, I feel like, is, I don't know, melancholy, anyway, yeah, whatever melancholy. you call it. Um, I think that's pretty normal, but yeah, I like that this song is kind of touching on that in a way that's, like, easy to relate to.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there. Yeah, is like, a certain melancholy inherent to any life. I mean, even if just, like, I mean, there's the, in Japanese aesthetics, there's this concept of mono no aware, which is, like, the sadness of nature or the seasons mm. like when mm. things start dying and like the days become shorter and there's just kind of like this melancholy that might come over you I mean apart from something that you know is maybe more strong like seasonal affective disorder, I mean it's just like you know sometimes it's just like kind of a dreary November day and it's raining really hard and you're stuck in the worst traffic jam you've ever been in your life trying to get on I-5 to Can- get to Vancouver I not really. Yeah. do not know what this is being
2: talked <laughs> <about. laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I think yeah. that's, I think that, that is a, a powerful, natural kind of feeling. That just mm-hmm. change is just kind of bizarre
0: and a little bit sad. Yeah. I, I also thought we got, Oh, I also wondered just like how many pop songs they have heard about this theme of like, Oh, you've gone away and now I'm sad.
2: Okay. So this is a good question. This, I was going to bring this back to a, a, a personal thing because, uh, as I mentioned when I was young, I would, I immediately started writing songs mm-hmm. And I remember there was, at one point, a friend I played a song for and um, when I started kind of writing lyrics. Mm-hmm. And even though I, I did not have a relationship, a, like um, a romantic relationship with someone until I was in maybe ninth, eighth, eighth grade, eighth or ninth grade, I think.
0: It was ninth grade. I know this. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I believe you were asking me for sense. someone's done their homework. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you wanted a definitive answer from me, I believe. Yeah, yeah. that's
2: right. Okay. But the thing that I did when I started writing songs was they were all heartbreak songs. <laughs> and it was like, I remember my friend being like, oh, did you like have a breakup or something? And I was like, I've actually never. No, what do I you mean? Really, what do you mean? I don't, I don't understand why you're asking What does that. it mean? I don't know. <laughs> I had no idea, but that's all I could write about was just heartbreak all the time. And it's something, you know, maybe my heartbreak kid, they call them. Yeah, that, that was me, I think.
0: <laughs> I think that was me. Why do you think that... Do you th- Why do you think that is? Do you think that was something you picked up from, like, the culture around you? Or, like, movies and TV or that kind of thing? Or is it just something that, like, feels like it presents itself when you're trying to think of something to write a song about?
2: I have to think it's a mix. And I think that it's... Yeah, I, I believe... Randomly hearing hearing songs, you just get a notion of what songs are about, and then you kind of start doing that. But also, I don't know. I think that there is something about like playing music and what music is that there's I don't know. Heartbreak is just everywhere in music. I don't think it's like a coincidence. It just feels like there's something that lends itself to creative process and the solitude that it requires to sit down. And like, there's something about that whole thing that I think the creative process can lend itself toward that sometimes.
0: Yeah, maybe. One of the first songs I ever wrote was all about uh, eating various non-food objects. Like we'll have the the mud for chocolate or something about that, and then uh, at the end it was like, and then we'll barf it up and do it all over again. And that's another one of those eternal themes that <laughs> eternal. just comes up. And it's perennial. Itself. Yeah, <laughs> Mozart wrote about it. Bach, it's arguable. Beethoven. Uh- <laughs> Oh, okay, I thought it was gonna be better, but that's pretty good. <laughs> Dustin delights at uh, the way I went through a phase of pronouncing beef oven as a uh, as a German German person, like Beethoven. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. So, oh, the only thing I wanted to add to the song is that there. I think that the most interesting, poignant musical moment in the album is in this song. Oh. And it it is, I think that I tagged it for you. Yeah.
0: I don't know. uh, I think it sounds like Deerhoof. It sounds
2: like Deerhoof. The chords, it's just Uh awesome. Here we go.
0: That was bad though. <laughs> is this one of the ones I had to guess on? You you sent me.
2: This, I have the timestamps on this one actually. Okay, so, so let's pull it up ju- on Spotify. Yeah, so at two thirty to two forty-five. On
0: is this the Things song that's less
2: than two minutes long?
0: Yes, yeah. this is the song that's less than two yeah. minutes long <laughs> that yeah. I had to guess. Oh, okay. I was like, let's do. It. I was like, maybe he Yogo. meant one minute and thirty oh, seconds no. instead of two minutes and thirty seconds. Do
2: one thirty-seven then? Did we already just do that? I think we might have just done that. Oh, let's do.
0: Yeah, there was one of those I just had to guess on. Wait, this is just it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> me, <dummy>. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> I think of Oh, this is the next song. The
0: Oh, it's the next song. The next song sweet next thing? Song. It's the next song. Okay, yeah. let's listen to sweet thing. Okay, I want, I. want that was the, one of the two options I considered. Either he had the wrong song that he said, or he was off by a minute, and I chose the wrong one. Okay, let's listen to sweet thing.
4: You're such a sweet thing, sweet thing, sweet thing, you used to make me dream. But then there's times when you are very different, I just don't understand how one minute you can be so mean, the next so over.
2: So that, for one thing, the very last line there, the next minute you so grand—that was what I was talking about at the beginning, where they go up to that next note, grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is
0: he doing? Oh, what are they
2: doing? They oh, started.
0: Okay. Yeah, they started grand, and then they go grand. Yeah, so They <laughs> way fly higher up to that <laughs> yeah. next one. It's interesting. Yeah. I I like okay. I like the moments of syncopation in their music, in their in their lyrics, I should say, in their singing, because um, you know it. Maybe a lesser musical giant would say, you know, like on the beat be like, but then there's times when you are very different, you know, just like very regimented, but they have this like sort of syncopation, but then there's times when you are very different, like they really like do a lot of like squishing and like extending uh, into syncopation and drawing out and... There's, I mean, maybe that's part of why they've been likened to like the the free jazz of like Ornette Coleman or something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Uh, yeah. This is, I mean, this is essentially the exact same song as the last similar song as number six. I'm so happy when you're near. You're such a sweet thing, but you can be so mean. You're such a sweet thing, sweet thing, sweet thing. You used to make me dream. Yeah. Used to make me happy, now you make me sad. You've told me many lies. I've never told you one. Ooh, that's an effective moment because they they uh it's the fake out, it's the non-rhyme. Ah uh-huh. Yeah, that's kind a tactic of... they don't pl- deploy very often. No, because maybe once in the album, yeah. yeah. They usually are reaching for the very forced rhyme instead. Um This feels again very kind of
2: boilerplate. This is what songs are supposed to be about. Um, yes. Kind of thing, but uh, but but we have to find this musical moment I've been talking about for years. So good.
0: Okay, is it two thirty something? It's two thirty.
2: thing of like kind of slowly eking up into that note again and there's this kind of odd chord in the mm-hmm. back of it and it's just yeah that is a very, very like chord kind of, I don't even know how do you describe how that feels but
0: uh, math rock yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <you> know, yeah. <laughs> the shags invented math rock everyone interesting pretty interesting, <laughs> pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. we gotta talk about it's halloween let's oops sorry I did that earlier just start playing it in Spotify instead of the sound sample that I already prepared. Here it is.
2: It's Halloween, it's
4: Halloween. It's time for scares, it's time for trees. It's, it's Halloween, it's Halloween. The ghosts will spook, the spooks will scare. Why even Dracula will be there. <laughs>
1: it's games, it's I can see
0: why Dr. Demento would play this on his radio show. Ooh, why even Dracula would be there? It's not even, but it's its like such an odd rhythm. Why even Dracula would be there? <laughs> you have to play, play that Yeah, we've we'll, we got to play that again. <laughs> We're overflowing with oh, joy we're, we're talking about screams <laughs> I love that line The ghosts will spook The spooks will scare Oh, that's so funny You do the math You bro. do the math <laughs> It's Halloween, it's Halloween It's time for scares
4: Why even Dracula will be here?
2: At Why even Dracula will be here? It's like oh, they just like extend it like that, and little then like bit. hitting the
0: tom right after it yeah. almost feels like a real punch. Yeah, yeah totally so punchy. Uh, that uh, little like just tiny little guitar like flourish at the end of the verse that feels uh, very uh, Deerhoof. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that also feels very Deerhoof. Yeah. Um, for those of you not familiar with Deerhoof, how to describe? It's like part noise rock part, like, math rock, part very poppy melodies, um, and a pretty untrained Japanese woman singing uh, who I think for a while did not know English very well. They do a cover of I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire. This is good. This is good. um, Which is probably most um, well-known... Uh, from it's in Fallout Four, I think it was like used in the in the made famous by Fallout Four. Yeah, um, so the Ink Spots like 50's song or something, right? Uh, of the forties, I think. Even. Oh, so the Ink Spots wrote this song. They have a very like distinctive <laughs> sound, except that part.
3: I don't want to set the world on fire. That's so cool. That's really good. Just want to start a flame in your heart.
0: (laughs) And then Deerhuff does a a cover of it. Actually, I think a year or so after Fallout 4 is released, like somewhere around that time. I don't know if they are video gamers, but uh, they do something very interesting with that song.
2: doing something that the shags are doing all the time which yeah. is the kind of asymmetry between the drums and the that weird piano mm-hmm. kind of synth line is like mm-hmm. not lining up totally with the, the vocal line mm-hmm. and it has all this unsettling kind of way of laying out in the way that does feel similar to the shags in some places totally definitely some influence yeah Um where were we oh Halloween it's Halloween um yeah i have one thing to say about this yes um i find it very charming that this song you like it's just they're just talking about they just love a halloween (laughs) like i don't know i feel like the the conversation around subtext and mood and all this around like lyrics and songs is Mm -hmm. um yeah, usually easy to talk about. But this is one that's just truly about kids liking Halloween mm-hmm. and, like, this, just this time for scares, this time for screams. And mm-hmm. I just find that so interesting and, like, kind of refreshing where it's just like, oh, this is just a song about loving Halloween. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Hey, let's all have some fun because it's Halloween. There are tr- – well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> – there are witches, goblins, vampires, devils, Frankensteins, and zombies Those guys that's, we know. Those guys we know I love that it's Frankensteins, plural It is And then the second line in that verse And there are tramps, Cinderella's, pirates, angels, and gypsies Yeah, and I'm like, Cinderella's? Cinderella's, that's problematic <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> One of the many recurring themes of our show is uh, casual gypsy racism Is that a theme you see a lot? Yes I, I mean, mean, if you if you like become aware of it, you'll see it everywhere Pop music of just like people using, well, I mean the 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 word is has almost become a slur now,
1: gypsy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, shares gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Or like Joni Mitchell is like, oh, I was like this free flowing gypsy, like mm-hmm. running away from all these people, and they couldn't pin me down. It's like these are actual people. You can't just That's like, like people, people group, use right? them yeah. as like yeah. your weird metaphor, like a symbolic kind of yeah. figure. Yeah, you can't just use them as a, your symbol. Like, come on. Um yeah. Get it together, Shags. Get it together, Shags. <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get got by cancel culture if you don't watch out. Not as bad as roaming, but second second worst. Oh yeah. Second worst. <laughs> roaming is cancelled. <laughs> uh it's getting a bit late. Do you want to what what are the three re- remaining songs you want to play? We got, why do I feel, what should I do, and we have a. We have to talk about we have a savior. Well, we have to go right to that. Okay, well, we have to skip the other two. Why do I feel, what should I do? They're question songs. Another question. Yeah, I have questions. But they're both answered by, we have a savior. Mm. Look up to the sky. I often
4: sit and wonder why people do the things they do, and I can't. Understand, no I can't understand Why they don't have faith in the Lord Like I do
0: So, so, it's You know what this is? I keep referencing ICP this is a We're not sorry That we tricked you moment mm, um, mm. For those of us Who who lived through The ICP uh, Season 2 And <laughs> Made it to Whatever episode That was There was a point At which ICP Revealed themselves That they were Christians And had been The whole time That is a grand reveal <laughs> And that the Their entire Like overarching mythology The Joker's cards Was all about God And coming to God And they literally sing We're not sorry That we tricked you <laughs> What a strange trick. What a strange trick. And also, especially considering that they don't really stick to it that much. It's not like they start, you know, making CCM after that. It's just like they keep doing basically the same thing for Hmm. multiple decades afterwards. Hmm. And God doesn't really come up that much anymore. It's just Hmm. like they make this grand pronouncement. We're secret Christians. All of this has been Christianity designed to make you become a Christian and... We're not even sorry that we tricked you.
2: Not even sorry.
0: (laughs) That's how bad it is. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so this is that's what this is. We have a savior. It's the philosophy of the world. It all comes to a point and a summation here. Why does the world go unholy? Let's set aside the grammar for a second. Why does everyone fight more and more? Don't they know we have a savior? All we have to do is believe and pray. Just setting aside any concept of rhyming or anything. Why must we go unheathen? I, I don't know if I that's right. Know. I don't know why we do that. <laughs> I don't know if that's the correct transcription on the genius. Why does anyone have to run? Well, some of us do it for exercise, the shags. Don't they know we have a savior? Just look up toward the sky. Is that where that guy is? If I look up, will I see that guy? I think so. I often sit and wonder why people do the things they do, and I can't understand. No, I can't understand. Why they don't have faith in the Lord like I do?
2: Well, and similarly, this is something that doesn't come up until this song.
0: Yes. <laughs> it has a little Just bit all of, a, of a sudden,
2: what are parents or uh, who are parents yeah. kind of a vibe really. <laughs> Why are parents? What? What,
0: <laughs> what, what even are they? <laughs> <laughs> what are parents? Not who, but what. <laughs> and how? Why are parents? I think
2: the thing that to me is so disturbing about this song is that... Um, I, rec- I recognize and remember, I grew up in a um, pretty conservative Baptist um, environment, and I, this kind of, like, is how it felt, I, I think. I remember, like, the way, if I had to, at a young age, kind of explain my faith, I feel like this is kind of how it would be. Yeah. This is how it would come out. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I, I don't know, just, like... The faith of a child, as Jesus would say. Yeah. <sighs> Here you, here you have
0: it. Here you <laughs> have it. This is what he was talking about. This is what, specifically this, this song, song. yeah. He he uh, he predestined it and prophesied it in the Bible. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, does it? It doesn't feel insincere. Not, no, not, not at all. all. No, uh-uh. I mean, it's it feels inconsistent because it hasn't. Sh- they haven't mentioned it up until now. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they could have at least. Talked about it a little bit in the philosophy of the world song, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, just it's anything. The philosophy you know, of the world,
0: God, belief, even like
2: morals. I, you know, we're hearing about Foot Foot and Halloween up to this point. Well, yeah, Footfoot Foot
0: Halloween. Oh, that's uh, I do appreciate the genius annotation on this song. <laughs> There's a little bit of maybe willful uh, obtuse. The last song on Philosophy of the World We Have a Savior Describes the Shags feeling about evil in the world The Savior they're referencing is almost certainly Jesus Christ However, there is no way of confirming that Don't pin that on me This is about Ganesha <laughs> This is about Shiva <laughs> this, this is about is Amita Buddha <laughs> There is no way There is is like way a philosophical no statement. Way. <laughs> There's no, we cannot infer anything about who they are, when they grew up, and where. <laughs> There's a lot of New safers. Hampshire of in the 1950s about, and yeah. 60s. There's no way of knowing it could be any god. Any god at all. Anything. Maybe it's Odin. Who knows? Foot. foot, foot. Maybe Footfoot foot is a god. I think it's talking about Jesus Christ as well. There's no way of I confirming would, that, Dustin. I'd feel comfortable making the leap. Uh, I love that like just refusal to make any kind of like inference or (laughs) that's great it's such a downer way to end the album I think in a way (laughs) yeah it's a real bummer why do people go on sinning why do they feel sad and blue don't they know we have a savior just watching over me and you why do you have feelings when you know that there's a god out there who's looking at you you know why would you even choose
2: to have feelings and i do think that that yeah that that, that is a problem <laughs>
0: oh re- oh really you think wait <laughs> Hold you on, think now, it's a problem stop. hang I'm on i'm going to stop you there no man. this uh, i how could that be a problem
2: <laughs> well yeah i you know i do think that that's you're kind of raised to believe if you were raised the way i was that um yeah that like you you don't i don't know sadness and things like that don't exist if you Certainly Believe not mental Jesus health. Like, and stuff. I've never heard those words. I was growing up. No, no. Yeah, um, yeah. I just just odd. It's, it's kind of I don't even know what to say about this because it feels so like close
0: to home to me in a way, yeah. but like uncomfortable. Um, I mean, what it feels like is those old like animated. Uh, was it Zoloft commercials where there's like the little like bouncing like little blob guy oh, with like yeah. the rain cloud coming on him yeah. and then the other blob guy like hands him a big pill and he chomps it down and the rain cloud goes away and it's bright and sunny it's like the pill in this case is just hey you've got a savior mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden all your bad feelings go away and no one can feel sad because there's a savior you know? and just
2: even the the diction of it of the yeah. don't they know don't they,
0: don't they know? know we have a
2: savior
0: I mean I know oh, I heard the good news you heard it <laughs> <laughs> oh boy Oh man, this is uh, this has been a continuing theme of this show is artists becoming religious. I don't know if you know this, Justin Bieber, be, had, like becomes hardcore Christian. Wow, he his starts last track of his album, uh, and it, like his last three or four albums have been essentially borderline CCM. Really? Yeah, he, he. I mean, he started going to one of those like gentrified bigotry churches that like Chris Pratt goes to. Um And are you checking your notes for Justin Bieber? <laughs> well, no, I was looking... There was one place
2: where Hillsong had the same song title as one of them, oh.
0: which was interesting Is it... It's me. Halloween? It's not. That it's little not, sports car? It's not even... My pal foot foot. foot. <laughs> no, it's... Um, I'm so happy when you're near. It's gotta be that. Oh, there is so oh, This is such a fun... My it's companion? Fun. Sweet thing. Oh, it's so what sweet. should I do? Why do I feel? Is it things I wonder? No...
2: Oh, why do I feel there is a Dirk Spanley song called that though? Who's that? That's a guy, Binks Dinklage, Dirk Binkler. (laughs) Who's this? Oh, it's we have. It is we have a savior. That's not a big loss. Well,
0: (laughs) what a big surprise! (laughs) Spoiler alert! Oh my god, big twist! (laughs) You would have never guessed. (laughs) You would have have never guessed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, It's really funny that We Have a Savior is a couple songs after the song, Why Do I Feel, when she sings, sometimes I feel and bottled up inside, then for some reason I just start to cry. Sometimes I feel, uh, well, blah, 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 blah. Why do I feel the way I feel? Why do I do the things I do? Why do I feel the way I feel? Like very just bare existential, just grappling with like... What am I even... It's like dissociative almost. It's like, what? Do, why, why am I doing these things? Why do I feel? Mm. Not even like, what am I feeling? Mm. Why do I feel at all? Sometimes I worry over nothing at all. Sometimes I think life's just a ball. Uh, there are times when I feel sad. There are times when I feel blue. What makes me feel this way the most is when I don't know why I do the things I do. This is, this so is philosophy of the world. Yeah, this is, this is the philosophy of the world. And then a couple songs later, they, they literally say... Uh, I often sit and wonder why people do the things they do, and I can't understand. No, I can't understand why don't they have faith in the Lord like I do? It's like they're talking to themselves. It just why do people go and sit? Why do they feel sad and blue?
2: Girl, you were just feeling sad and blue a couple songs ago. Mm, well, and it feels like it's one of those like really weird feeling things, like uh, cognitive dissonance. Yes. Yeah. So it's um, Little Women. Have you seen this either movie or watched, watched I mean, the book or read I, the movie? I watched the
0: book, like the 90s book version of it many years ago. I watched it for hours. It didn't go it anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. It's <laughs> just <laughs> sad.
2: It's like about this woman who's writing this book called Little Women. And We're known to write it. She's not getting it. Again, yeah. she's in one version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, she's in the book. Yeah. She's, she's one of the characters in the book. Yeah. She at one point she's having trouble getting it published, and the publisher says, "We'll only sell this novel if you ha- if you marry off the main character." And she's like, "I don't even want to get married. I don't want the character to get married. I hate that. It's stupid." But then she does it, oh.
0: and it's like, but it feels like meta in a way. But wait, like, it's oh, in the book. Oh. I actually haven't read book, the book, so I don't so know. Wait, the book itself is about the writing of the book. Blue one, or are you talking about the movie? I'm talking about the movie. <laughs> so maybe the movie is meta-text I don't know or maybe what the, the movie books do, I don't know what books do. <laughs> what do books do? Why do they do the things they do? Why
2: do the books do
0: the things they do? <laughs> Why do they feel sad and blue? But do you know yeah. what I mean? It's
2: It's this feeling of like, the, I don't know. There's a genuine feeling there, and at the end, you just kind of like sell it out for some reason. Yeah. You're like, oh, you know what? Let's just end it with a thing because that's the only way I to get it published. So you yeah. can get married, great, whatever. Mm. That's kind of how this feels. Where so it's like, a moment. yeah, you have all the kind of genuine feelings. Like, why do I feel this way? What am I experiencing?
0: And at the end, they're like, oh, actually, why would you feel <laughs> sad? If we had how about baby? I bottle them up and just shove them. Just shove them deep down and just stomp on them deep down into my guts yeah. where I never have to think about them again or feel them and they'll just be down there festering and that's the perfect place for them and I'll it'll never have to worry yes. about them again I'm glad I made the side
2: note because you saying that like makes me realize that is why it's so uncomfortable to me that the last song
0: is the way it is because yeah.
2: that's how it feels mm-hmm. it's not just because it's about right yeah it's con- name.
0: <laughs> I mean we have no way of but confirming who there is no it is. way of confirming who <laughs> no we're confirm talking him. about Anyway, uh, yes. Um, just stop those feelings down. Just repress them. Yeah, yeah. this is a big time repression song. It's great. I love it. Oh boy! It's about eleven o'clock. That's philosophy of the world. That's eleven, 11, 11 o'clock 11 today, today. Still, the oh. time is flying. We're having fun. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll do the I'll say the things that I normally do. Yeah, is there an outro? There is an outro if I can if I can find it. Um, I'm not on my usual computer. Right now, I might cut this out, but then again, I might not. I try to be pretty minimal with the editing, especially because Cameron is usually the editor and uh, has a much more established workflow than I do. Oh, it's me, Cameron. I will be Oh, Cameron, time. you're back! I'm oh, you can edit this one. Thank God! <laughs> I'll be editing the show now. Oh, thank God, you're back! Uh, you must have cut your vacation short just for me, so you wouldn't have to edit. Still here. <laughs> camera gets so uncomfortable when I try to do like bits to impressions not impressions again but like characters like recently I put some vocal effects on my voice uh and pretended to be Billie Eilish and her brother and he just like had no or they just had no idea like how to react or just crawled under the table. Basically they did not know how to engage with it or even respond. Although to be fair part of that was that they were not hearing the vocal effects I was putting on my voice. You were just doing normal stuff. so It just sounded like I was doing my normal voice. Hi, I'm Billie Eilish. And I I recorded this album and Cameron's just sitting there like, uh, (laughs) okay. Just going, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what they said, yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. This has been Think Outside the Box Special Edition with guest host Dustin Junkert. Uh, you can visit us online at BoxFit.website. You can email us at email at BoxFit.website. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. Uh, you can also go to our Discord, which I've recently uh, become back on and started participating in again because of being able to handle some of my mental states It'll be a little bit better these days. Um, so check that out. We in the future are going to be trying to uh, re- or, uh, stream some of the episode recordings live. So you can see our, the videos of our faces saying the, the literal words that you can hear. And isn't that novel? Uh, and there's a couple ways you can support our show. In addition to that, you can write us a review on iTunes, jam those stars, type those words. You can uh, support us directly by, Telling people about the show, sharing the, the good news. Have you heard the Have good, you heard the good news? news? Don't you know? There's a new episode There is a savior. Now. There is no way of confirming who or what it is, but I think it's a little podcast called Think Outside the Box Set. Uh, you can also give us money directly by going to our Patreon support.boxset.website. Kick us a few bucks every month. You'll get access to all of our bonus materials, which includes some longer form stuff from a couple years ago. We watched both ICP movies. We watched Mamma Mia. We did some wacky stuff, and we do a weekly mini show called "What's in the Box Weekly." This week, Dustin joined me, and we talked about a charming Estonian movie called "November" in the month of November. And isn't that fun and interesting, and something to point out every time I mention it? Yes, I think it's funny. <laughs> Thanks, Cam. Uh, you should also listen to Cameron's other podcast It's called Get Up in the Cool Cam, how about you tell us about it?
2: Well, I play the banjo And oh. tell jokes uh-huh.
0: it's very really funny And I have <laughs> guests uh, on no. Did you suddenly become Swedish? Um, Bali. <laughs> oh, oh, they left, oh no Okay, well, thanks <laughs> Thanks for the foley work, Cameron <laughs> That really helps <laughs> Uh, until next week when I'll be recording with Cameron again sounding exactly like they just did just now I'm Nathan Hunt and I'm Thrown Into Chaos I'm Cameron and voila it's like a Mr. Bean voice but it's like also 20% Swedish. You're a teddy. Oh teddy. Oh teddy. <laughs> you what you did it. You were a big beanhead. You're a big bean. I was head, a right? beanhead. Yeah. Big bean. This is fun. Christmas socks. I think that's one of the <laughs> things he says. Teddy.
1: Yes. Christmas socks. Yeah.